you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 563 now of the Ron and Don Show. And coming up, yeah, we're going to talk about something we all should be doing called the Swedish Death. Yeah, all of us should be involved in Swedish Death Cleaning. They're going to say the Swedish Death Cult. <laughs> Or being a Swedish cult. death metal. Being a cult with a bunch of Swedish death cleaners. <laughs> also, is walking the new jogging? And if it is, what are we going to do with all those jogging suits that our dads wore and made us buy them to back in 1976, which was the bicentennial year? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. This story is amazing to me. I sent it to police officer friends of mine who some of them are black, some are not. Uh, Some are women, some are retiring, some are brand new on the force. And there's an article that uh, Ron and I have read, and it it looks at some research. And for this particular research, they look at black drivers, police officers that pull over black drivers, and they look at the first 45 words that are spoken by the police officer to the black driver, even if the black driver uh, is agreeing with everything that the police officer says. They also tried to do this with white drivers. And it's very interesting the way that that research went. Ron, talk a little bit about this study and what some of the headlines are, because we could talk about it for hours. But some of the headlines were pretty shocking to me, but they weren't shocking to any of my black friends, and they certainly weren't shocking to any of my black police officer friends. They say, again, that no matter what happens, those first 45 words that are spoken spoken by that officer are predictive of how the traffic is predicted to 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 the black person in the vehicle whether they're complying or not and most all of them were complying uh but not all of them had the same result and some of them had very shocking results no matter what they said and how much they complied yes this all goes back to uh, to uh body cam videos that are now in in many of the large police officer or police stations in, in police departments around America are required to wear these body cam videos. And so they wanted to track this, as you said. And one of the things that they noticed is if an officer approaches the car, and it doesn't even matter the race of the officer, that's the other thing that was interesting. If an officer approaches a car, the driver is black, and they immediately go to commands, immediately, like right out of the gate, they haven't greeted them there's no hello or whatever. It's right out of the gate of, let me see your hands. Like that kind of stuff. Hands on the wheel. Roll down your window. Like it's like right to commands that that has a very much higher probability. This is going to end poorly for this black driver. 
And when they compared that with with white drivers, most of the time, uh, and again, doesn't matter what the race is or the officer, most of the time when that officer approaches, there is some sort of greeting. It's not an immediate command. It is, uh, hey, uh, do, do you know why I pulled you over? Or some sort of question, um, uh, you know, good afternoon, whatever it is, they will say some sort of greeting, uh, and it's not an immediate command to obey the officer. And so that was a, a real big hallmark. And so it gets me to think the, the where, place where my mind went right after that is acknowledging your unconscious bias. And this was one of the things that I really struggled with as we, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement was happening and I was being challenged with some of the beliefs. Cause if you would have asked me then, I'd have been like, I'm not racist. Like, I don't, I don't carry around these biases. I'm not that guy. Like, look at, you know, I had all the cliched, I, I had a black roommate and look at, you know, I would go down the list of like all the reasons why I couldn't possibly be racist. And then you see these behaviors and I bet all these officers would say the same thing. I'm not a racist cop. I don't, I'm not biased. I'm just out there doing my job. But when you look at the behavior and you look at the language they use and you look at these unconscious things that you do where in your, in, in our minds, for whatever reason, uh, you think white person, I don't need them to obey black person. They need to obey right out of the gate. There's not a benefit of the doubt for these black drivers. The, if they don't show me compliance and, and, and obeying whatever that word, obedience straight from the jump, then the next step is I'm drawing my weapon. The next step is I'm pulling them out of the car. The next step is I'm handcuffing this person. The next step is they're, they're going to jail because they didn't comply. They didn't obey. Whereas a, a white person, and there's no greater thing to see this and just go, go on any search engine and look up the Karen phenomenon. If you are a white female, middle-aged woman in America, even with cops, they can yell at them. They can call them names. They can completely disobey orders. White women, white women, white women completely yeah. disobey orders, scold these officers like they're 10 years old. It's incredible what they have to do to get arrested. If you are a white Karen in America, it's incredible what you have to do to get arrested. If you are just a, a black, you know, 25, 35 year old man, you, you can get arrested at the drop of a dime for not obeying a command where you don't even know what the traffic stop was for. And so uh, it, it, it's amazing. There was one video I watched recently, right after you read this story, there was a, he's a black man who uh, actually trains people on how to be a person of color with a legal carry permit. So that's, he goes around and gives seminars of like, Hey, if you have a legal right to carry, you've gone through gun training, training safety, you have your license and your permit. Here's, he trains people. Is he the guy that drives around with all the guns in the back of his car? I don't know and, if he has and, guns in the back of his car to, and tries to get pulled over. I don't uh, know if he has guns in the back of his car, but he has, he wears his ID on a necklace uh -huh. so that he doesn't have to reach into his pocket. So just, he has a, a chain on that has his driver's license and something else in a little, like a travel pouch. And so he just, and he, he has a camera on in his car. So he just is recording all the time. And so he goes through and puts his hands, he puts his palms up on the steering wheel. Is this on a real facing, stop though? Or is it's this on a real stop. 
Yeah, so this is this is the guy that will go out and throw out some bait and trying to get pulled over because because it, it would be hard to teach people to do this in 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 real time if you weren't being pulled over by a real the, cop. The he, p- the point is is like as a black man, he has to go above and beyond to not get yanked out of that car and to not get, be assumed that somehow he's a criminal or why would this guy have a gun? Meanwhile, you can have a, a, a white driver with a literal gun rack in the window of the truck with weapons in the gun rack and uh, they get pulled over and treated entirely differently so i found it to be very illuminating Uh, i think that as officers i would love to see a critique program of actual stops from actual officers using their footage so just you know and have a panel of people of color that say hey do you recognize how you speak in a be it compare it so these are people in this department. We're going to look at 10 traffic stops uh, with white drivers, 10 traffic stops with, with black and brown people drivers, and you tell us what you hear in these, in these calls. Yeah, they, 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 they looked at over 1,000 stops, and then they had to stop looking for stops where it escalated with, with, with white people in this one particular study because – and, and were not only it escalated, but it ended up with the white person in handcuffs and going to jail. And they and and I'm not saying that doesn't happen, and you can't find that on YouTube. I'm just saying in this particular pool in this study, and they couldn't find it. They just couldn't find it. So, yeah, so they had capped out on the number of black people who had been arrested, and they hadn't. They couldn't find it for 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 every eight black people that were were escalating and they got arrested and they ended up going to jail even when they did all things correctly they couldn't find a white person in this particular study yeah so it's, it's remarkable yeah we'll see you on the other side don i have a vivid memory as a kid we were going to drive the family rig to boston to visit my uncle richard got about in the middle of oklahoma car broke down we were stranded we did not get a pre-trip safety check new glasses yeah they are new they're leaders. They look sharp. Thank you. You look like my dead grandfather. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah. good. Anyway, hey, you guys, Les Schwab, they do something really cool right now. For everyone that's a Ron and Don listener, just stop in. They'll do a free pre-trip safety check. What are they going to do? Yeah, they check the air on your tires. Also, if you have all-wheel drive, you got to make sure you rotate those and make sure you have plenty of tread on your tire. They're going to check your brakes and put it up on a rack, do a full inspection. And you got to know this. You go see the other guys. Yeah, you got to pay hundreds of dollars for that. Not at Les Schwab. And here's the thing I love too. They're not going to sell you a bunch of stuff that you don't need. So everything's good. You're ready for your trip. They will just send you on your way. But if not, you can save lots of money right now on a set of four tires. At Les yeah, Schwab. if you need new tires, you can save up to $200 when you buy a set of select four tires. Plus, save an extra 50 bucks with Les Schwab financing. Schedule your appointment right now at LesSchwab.com or you can stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Why are you getting louder at the end? That's what I usually do. Les Schwab, like that. He's stealing what I stole. Hey, Ron and Don here for Ron and Don Real Estate. Don, we had so many people go, oh, hey, guys, I'm going to hit the pause button. I'm going to wait because what's what I'm hearing is going to happen. Interest rates are going to come down, and then boom, then I'll jump in and buy something. I'm the smartest kid on the block. That theory doesn't seem to be holding true with what we're seeing in the market right now. Yeah, I just want to tell everyone, when it comes to buying real estate, you buy now, wrangle the interest rate, 
a year or two years from now. We know how to wrangle the interest rate. In fact, what we'll do is we'll go to the seller and say, hey, your property's been on a while. We know you want to sell it, so here's what we're willing to do to buy. And we can work with the other side to actually reduce the interest rates. Called a 2-1 or a 3-1 buy-down. It's what we do. Uh, Mitch at Mitch.Loans is a big part of this and helps us out. And Ron, people who want to acquire real estate now, don't forget, your dollar is worth more now today than it will be a year from now. And that real estate is cheaper today. No matter what anyone says, then it will be a, uh, a year from now. Uh, the crash that people predicted has not happened. And all the inventory that people predicted was not on this spring. And so if you're going to buy, it's time to, yeah, do what you can do. Even if you have to team up with somebody, this is a great time to buy real estate. So if you think about buying, investing, even selling, we're here to help. All you got to do is go to ronandonsitdown.com. That's ronandonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, we do something called a Ron and Don sit-down. We do it online. It takes about 30, 40 minutes. Find out if we're good real estate partners. And then if you're selling real estate, uh, we come out and meet you somewhere. And we walk, and we look at that piece of property. And then after that, I'll come back. We'll do another sit-down. I'll bring out the team. We'll figure out what we're going to do. If we spend a dollar, let's get two back. Uh, and we just kind of strategize about the way to bring your house to market. There really is something called a Ron and Don difference, and the key there is to not spend too much money on your renovation. Sometimes people spend too much money on it. Stop doing that. The renovation is not for you. It's for the people that are coming in behind you, and leave some of that renovation for them. That puts more money in your pocket, all right? So more information, just go to rondonsitdown.com. Get signed up for our newsletter uh, and then also every Friday, we do kind of a real estate only show where we uh, chit chat for 20 minutes just about real estate. So if you're buying, selling, investing, check that out as well. Run it on uh, sitdown.com. Interesting. In my neighborhood through COVID, we saw a lot of people walking. And now I see a lot of the same people that have dogs. They continue to walk. One of the things about longevity, they say, especially as you get older, uh, I saw a couple yesterday. I was coming back from seeing some clients over in Port Orchard. And they were older, probably well into their 80s, and they're sitting there playing cards and doing crossword puzzles. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Keep that brain going. Stay curious. They're having a human-human connection. They're playing a game. The mind is working. Uh, Very, very important. They're traveling. They're on a boat. They're seeing the world. They're around other humans. Uh, they were sitting there having some lunch and it looked like they had, they had plenty of fiber in their diet. They weren't drinking wine yet. So maybe that was, uh, for the evening hours cause you can't drink all day. Right. But, but part of that, part of, uh, longevity we know is human to human connection and it's movement. And a lot of times people think I got to go to the gym. I got a bench. I got a lift. I got to do some air squats, whatever that is. No, you just, you just, you just have to move. And I see more people moving and walking in my neighborhood now than I ever had before. And I have to admit, I've kind of incorporated this with my son. When we go work out, we might park the car uh, closer to his school, and then we might grab Charlie. We might run down to the gym, tie Charlie up, go inside, do a quick workout, come back out, run with Charlie, back to school. And sometimes it's more of a jog. Sometimes it's a walk. Sometimes it's a walk jog. Uh, but did you know, as hunter gathers, they say we should walk about 10,000 steps a day. That's not really true, especially for men. For men, we should be walking about 20,000, 
20,000 steps a day. And don't forget that little counter that you have on your arm. Every time you're moving your arm around, it's giving you a step that you didn't step. (laughs) I could sit in this chair and move my arm around and it might add 2,000 steps that I haven't taken yet. So be very careful. Uh, That's why I have a different kind of counter on my arm. But if you have one of these cheap counters like on your Apple Watch sometimes... Yeah, it's just it's 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 recording movement. But but guys, you you were you're wired. You're wi- if you want to eat whatever you want to eat, then you better get out there and you better walk watch those walk those twenty thousand steps. And if you're not doing that, if you can at least get eight to ten, and then as you older get older, thirty five hundred. Uh, walking is the new jogging. Thank God because those. 1972 to 1976 jogging suits my father used to wear with a vantage cigarette hanging out and the built like a Mack truck on when he would pretend to go for a jog, which means he was just chain smoking all the way around the block because I went with him a couple times. I'm like, when does the jogging actually start? <laughs> anyway, walking, be all about it. You see a lot of people outside hiking, moving. Yeah, you don't have to lift big weights to experience longevity. And anytime you're walking, that's stimulating your central nervous system, which is stimulating your brain. And that's why you're feeling all that good serotonin and all that good dopamine too. So I just want to encourage everybody out there, keep walking. And if you want to get your heart rate up, one of the best things that you can do is just go walk up a hill. And if you can't walk up a hill, jump on... uh, Jump on the old, uh, if you're on a stair climber, something, do something where you can add elevation to it and you will see your heart rate begin to soar 130s, 140s, 150s. If you want to stay from cardiovascular disease, and I'm talking to a lot of my guy friends out there, if you're into your 40s and 50s and you can't drop, you can't drop to the floor right now, and even with a little bit of rest, do 40 push-ups, that's a problem. And I don't mean from your knees, right? If you can do 40 push-ups, if you can plank for three minutes, and they just did a lot of research on these push-ups. In fact, they looked at fire departments where men were getting older, And some of them were having heart issues and heart problems and they died. And some of them would leave the department and go on to live for, uh, live for decades. A lot of it came down to the ability to be able to hang for a minute, to do 40 pushups, and then also making sure that they were walking each and every day and they didn't leave the fire department and go home and sit on their her. That's what a lot of cops and firefighters and soldiers do. You go home, you sit on your her. I'm going to have this beer. I deserve this. You start carving up. And the next thing you know, you got a mucky heart and you're dead and in the box. So, so we don't want to see that. Don't have to be a runner. Don't even have to be a jogger, but you do have to move. And I do want to see some pushups. All right. It's interesting because I, I, when I was listening to you talk about that, I need to figure out a way to give myself permission to do that in the middle of the day. I, I like taking walks. I just took a big walk the other day. I enjoyed it. Like took some cool pictures, like walk around town. I get into this thing. And I wonder if you have any advice on this where like I'm working, like let's say today we have a transaction that's closing. Um, so there's part of my brain that tells me, well, you can't be out there just walking around because what if something happens that you have to take care of? That's totally your brain. That is, <laughs> right. But it's like, okay, you have to be at the ready because this is an important day. Hey, that's what makes you good at what you do. And, so and so you have to be at the ready. I'm glad some, you think like that. If something happened. You do. So that you can handle it. And, but most of the time. I absolutely could have walked for an hour 
and nothing would have happened. But if something did happen, um, I'm sure I can figure out a way to handle it. But you get what I'm saying. I get into this mental loop of like, yes, I know that I should walk and I probably could walk right now. But what if, what if fill in the blank? What if fill in the blank? And so therefore I can only walk when all of the, all of the stars aligned, all my stuff is done. The dishes are in the dishwasher, whatever it is, whatever that little mini list is, then I'm allowed or I have the freedom to go walk. Whereas in your life, it feels like you've been able to go, I'm going to work out at this time, regardless of the other things that are happening. And I can deal with those at a different time. Yeah. So that's a great question. I love it. So let me ask you a few questions. When you went through for the walk that you went on the other day, what made you go on the walk and did you enjoy the walk? Um, it was, I did enjoy it. It was uh, after the, uh, the whole day had happened. I had finished all my stuff. I did all the work that needed to be done. Uh, I cleaned all the stuff I needed to clean. The weather was really nice. Like It was like all the boxes were checked, and I threw on my uh, my walking shoes, and I went out and just wandered around. I was like, you know what? This is a beautiful day. Uh, if I was a tourist in the city, I would just walk around downtown, which is what, what I ended yeah. up doing. So when did you plan and be really – this is the important part. When was this walk planned? Like 20 minutes before I did it. That's the problem. You're, so you're putting yourself last. So you can't put yourself last anymore. And then the other thing that you do sometimes, and I do this too, and, and I learned through therapy to stop doing this. It's okay to have other appointments in the day, right? So you've had to go see the eye doctor uh, for, for to, to go have your eyes checked out recently. You don't have to tell people you're going to the eye doctor. All you have to tell them is, you know what? I have an appointment in the morning from 9 to noon, and then I'm available at 1230. And in that nine to noon, maybe what's really happening is nine to 10, you're doing your walk and then you're, and then you're going to the eye doctor and then you're coming back and you're back in the office. People just want to know what the expectation is. Like I had a woman call me last night who is one of my Airbnb clients and she's coming here and I knew the conversation was going to last a very long time because she has cancer. And she's very afraid, and and so she needs my help with some of the things that are going to be in the home when she comes. I was in the middle of writing cards to our kids for the championship game, and 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 it used to be I would stop writing those cards, and then I would say, "Hey, Maxine, I'll, I'll call you in two minutes." I don't do that anymore because I know the conversation that I can have with Maxine today, which I haven't had yet. I'm going to have it with her today, and it's timed. Uh, and I made time for her and I said, Maxine, I'm in an appointment. So before I would be, well, I'm sitting here and I'm writing these cards and it's really important because it's our last game. I, I just, I would feel like I would have to tell everybody Well, I don't. And, and, and so the boundary with Maxine is, Hey, can we have this conversation tomorrow at two o'clock? I'll tell you this. I'm not having the conversation with her today at three 45 because at three 45, I am going on a run at 345, and I am going to run to a gym at 345. I'm going to work out with my son at 345. At 430, we're then going to a park, and we're going to practice our button hooks because that's a, that's a play that he has gotten really excited about, being the center, snapping the ball, running the button hook. So, so by having that on the schedule, 
having a kid instead of just reflexively falling into the day, because this is, this is what used to happen. I would spend all this time with her on the phone. Then I wouldn't get those cards done. And then today I would be sitting there rushing to get through the cards. And then I would remember, oh my God, but I have the podcast. And then the podcast thing would go too long. And then it would bleed into picking him up. And then I would go pick him up, but maybe we don't get the run in because the day just starts to fall in on itself. So the night before is everything. You're Ron Upshaw planning for what's going to happen and, 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 and it, it is the tyranny of the urgent and what's important. And all the things that you said are all important. I don't hear anything in there that's urgent. So the only time that you say this important thing just became an urgent thing. And so I have to change my schedule now. It was urgent to Maxine last night when she called me. I let her know it's important and I scheduled it with her. And I know that we're going to have this conversation today. I know it's not going to get in the way of us recording the podcast. I know it's not going to get in the way of us exercising Charlie or whatever that is. So just making time for yourself the night before and saying, that's when I'm going to do it. And sometimes doing that with a buddy, it makes all the difference. So keep walking, you guys. Walking's the new jogging, the new running. It's the key to longevity. That with a little Mediterranean diet and good social skills, and you should be doing great. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron. I'm here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. And Mitch, we've seen interest rates rise rapidly here uh, over the past year, 18 months. In the industry, what are you thinking is going to happen going forward? So they're still projecting rates are going to drop here near the end of the summer, definitely within the next year. And that means that now is the time to buy. So interest rates are going to drop. As we've said, we will help with the refinance on the back end. But rates dropping could mean a big influx in demand. Now, right now, there's a lack of supply, a lack of inventory because people aren't willing to sell and get out of their low rates. If you buy now, you can beat the rush later. Okay, and also then when the rates do drop, we can replace that rate with the new one. We sure can. Rate and replace. All right, he's Mitch at Mitch.Loans. You can buy now, replace the rate later when it drops, and Mitch take care of your loan fees. It's Mitch.Loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And, and from that last segment, I'll just say this. This is something that's really helped me. Sometimes I'll, I'll tell myself I'm too busy, and I'm not too busy. I'm too disorganized. So I challenge myself every night before I go to bed to make sure that organizationally that I'm ready for the next day so I don't just reflexively fall into the day. And then I check back in with myself first thing in the morning and I try to get one thing hard done before I jump in the car and uh, take my son to school. So anyway, right? Or too busy or just disorganized? Check that out. Hey, before we get out of here, talking about being disorganized, I have to say, and we say this a lot, that uh, it's an honor to walk into some of your homes. Sometimes when I walk in my in some of the homes, though, I'm heartbroken for you. And the reason I'm heartbroken for you is because you've had a parent or relative that started dropping shiznit off at your house because they're, they're tied to the nostalgia of it and they want you to have it. Uh, if you've ever had a child, everybody stops, starts dropping off clothes and shoes and books and 
and they do, and they, and they want to make sure it goes to a good home. And and I have to say that most of the time, I think of all the paper books that that people dropped off at at our house, and I ended up taking those to my son's school or Legos or other things and donating those. Uh, because when people have something and it really means something to them, but, but it's not really useful anymore, they want to know that it's being used by someone that they love and care about. So they think it's an act of kindness, but it's not. All they've done is they've given you another piece of shit that you got to deal with now, and you're trying to raise a honking baby. Am I speaking some truth up in her or what? <laughs> Ron, there's something called the Swedish death cleaning uh, mechanism that I think uh, we should all be doing. And it's really about, you know, when you get into your 40s and 50s, looking around at things, seeing if they're useful, and if they're not, getting rid of them. Especially the things under our houses, behind our sheds, in our sheds, in our garages. And that storage unit that you haven't looked in in 33 and a half years, but the, but they have your automatic credit card and they keep taking your money and you're going to go down there someday. The, the, the best time to do that is to not procrastinate and do that now. A lot of us will sit down and we will maybe work on our trust for our kids or things we're going to leave behind. And maybe we're smart enough to have done our will, durable power of attorney, all those things. If you haven't, you have to do those. But then a lot of times we just leave a bunch of crap behind for other people to go through. And I tell you what, watching adult children go through their parents' things who are either now in memory care or they have passed away, it's one of the most heartbreaking things that Ron and I do in this job. Yeah, so this uh, is sort of reaching America as there's a new TV show coming out off the heels of Marie Kondo that had that, the joy of things her, her little the, the joy of tidying up that became a huge bestseller they did a netflix show so there's a variant of that similar type of thing in in the nordic countries but it's centered around like your third chapter of life of going similar to what you just said so they have this new tv show they have these swedish death cleaners that go to someone's house and talk them through one of them's a psychologist one of them's an organizational expert and i forget what the third third one might be the host one of them's a chef from the muppet show and one of them's this wow swedish <laughs> chef joke and so the interesting thing... Well, you either get that or you don't. The interesting thing <laughs> in this program or in the story where they're talking about it is this idea of streamlining your life um, so, A, that you're not a burden to your family, and B, for the freedom of the person that is doing it. And uh, it, it's hard. Like, I... I it, I'm in the same thing of where I have all the stuff and I, I did this for three drawers, like my drawers by my, uh, in my kitchen that are over in the corner. So I went through and I was like, okay, I'm going through these drawers. So I did that. And so now they're relatively streamed. They're more streamlined than they were before. I could probably still go through those three drawers again, but, uh, it's, it's going through all this stuff. And, and the clothing and the shoes and the tools and just the boxes of things. So, and, and I struggle with it. I, I'll give you a great example. I have a, a tremendous hi-fi system that I bought back when I did a lot of music production. And so they are studio monitors. 
I've got the whole, like they sound amazing. I used to have them set up in my house and then I, I didn't use them because I tried to be a conscientious neighbor. So if my, if Maria above me that lives above me was in, in her house, like, and I could see her car parked in her parking spot. I was like, okay, well, I can't really turn the stereo up to 11 because, like, that would be really in, inconsiderate of my neighbor. So I found that I never really used the stereo. So finally, I just bought a, a, a different speaker that's not as loud. Uh, I packed up all that stuff. It's in my, my storage closet. And I, for whatever reason, cannot, don't want to get rid of that. In my brain... <laughs> Somewhere it's like, I'm going to eventually, I'll probably buy another house someday that I won't have to worry about my neighbors. And then I could play my music as loud as I want. And uh, these speakers will be there. But in actuality, I can probably get rid of those speakers. Um, But you're right to me, because I know how good they are. uh, And there are these reference monitors. I feel like I shouldn't, I don't want to throw them away. I don't really want to sell. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's a very weird mental thing that you get into because I know what they are. And, and, but even though they're not being used, I haven't used them for several years. Yeah. And then for me, we have a client right now that it's your speakers, but it's times 5,000 speakers because he has been an audio engineer for so long. And so he has all this stuff in his three car garage and he's in the, in the same place, but you know, times 500 because it's all such good, cool, great stuff that and he it has still a lot of, works. That he has a lot of memories tied to. It still works, but it's not. It's also not worth anything anymore. And if he if he were to give that to his kids, he and we talked about this. He, and he said we're similar age. If he were to give that to his kids, his kids wouldn't know what to do with it. They they would just be like, what What do we do with this? And and the sad thing is when when people are really thoughtful when they do estate sales uh, or. If you use, and you have to be careful using neighborhood apps, you guys. You just be really careful with that because you can have some people showing up at your house you don't want to have show up. Uh, but but with that said, I, I think people are trying to be more thoughtful about the things that they do have. They're they're trying to leave you know a smaller footprint. We we had our buddy Charles on to talk about recycling, and now in the homes I own because all the garbage gets mixed because a lot of times it might be five, six, seven different guests staying on the same property, three different doors over the course of a month. I I have a day where I go and I put my garbage gloves on and I go to all the homes and I sort through the garbage. Like like I sort, because I really care about where that LaCroix can goes that you're drinking out of. right. And I used to not, when it got, I would just tell myself, well, the garbage got mixed. We're really not recycling anymore, all that stuff. But, but as I see more garbage in the oceans, as I see... The, this climate disaster. If you look at pictures of New York, New York looks like Seattle looked last year. Thanks, right? Canada. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. I and and I think maybe when you have a kid, you you start thinking about how can I leave a better place, and a better place isn't with all my personal stuff that I'm connected to. Uh, and, and not and the minutia stuff. There are some stuff that you do want, like sure. like like there are things. Like sitting behind you right now is a sign that we had for the Ron and Don show. And then that was probably made. I'm using in, it though. Yeah, you're using it. It's and it was it's from like maybe 2001. Like it's a no. 20 year old sign. A listener it's, made it for our band. It's still a cool sign. It's so it's like, used. that's a thing that you could have. But if it's yeah. like, oh, here's a t-shirt that was meaningful to me 
for whatever reason, because I ran this 10K and I got the shirt, oh. and now it's a 15-year-old shirt from a 10K. It's like you probably don't need that shirt anymore. Yeah, like you would probably throw that shirt about? out. That's, that, that shirt's good for another five years. <laughs> what are you talking about? We'll see you guys on this side. This is the wrap of that episode. Oh, this is wrap it? Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of The Ron and Don Show. If you need a loan, boy, do I got a guy for you. Go to Mitch.Loans. He has a really cool program right now. You probably heard the spot in this episode where you buy now, and then within a year, when interest rates drop, they will refi and waive their fees. That's cool. It's very cool. That is very cool. You can go to Les Schwab right now. I need to actually look into this. I have a leak in my right rear tire. I'm going to go to Les Schwab yeah. and say, Don sent me and said you would help me with my leak. I got a leak in my in my right front tire. So wow. I'm going to go and say that you sent me. Do it. This is going to work. Les Schwab. All right. Sounds good. Uh, hey, guys, if you need us to sit down, let's do it. Run it on sitdown.com. Uh, we are meeting with people right now who's home. In fact, I'm working on a home right now. Uh, we're way out in Woodenville. This house won't be for sale till probably sometime next summer, if ever. Uh, we got to get way out on this. The bigger the house, the more it's worth. You got to get way out on it. Like, like we should. If you're selling next next spring... We, we should be having that conversation now. When you don't have the conversation sooner, you pay more. You don't, you, you, you don't have a strategy, and then you sell your house at the wrong time. Don't freaking do that. That's what the sit-down is about. Let's find out if we're good partners, teammates. And if we're not, we will find somebody that is. And I'm telling you, we are not transaction-oriented. Most of the people that we, that we work with are people we want to work with. And we don't, if we don't want to work with you, we will let you know. And we will be very honest. And we'll tell you why we're not good partners. And we'll find somebody that is a good partner for you. Okay? But I have to say, working with the everyone in the Ron and Don Nation all over this region has been a blessing and a blast and we are we have lots of gratitude for you guys so thanks for doing that thanks for sitting down with us ronandonsitdown.com till next time keep your head up shoulders back you're listening to the ron and don show it's only on the ron and don radio network now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time only 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 on the ron and don radio network